0: If you're hearing this, we thank you for pressing play on another edition of It's a Stream of Life podcast, chronic life in the peak entertainment era. And with Black History Month, we're continuing with our facts each episode. So this week, um, I have an interesting fact I found out yesterday. um, We had actress and sort of like Renaissance woman, Cheryl Lee Ralph, perform the National Black Anthem with Devil Voice and sing at the Super Bowl. And it turns out yesterday's date, 123 years ago, was when that poem was made. Oh, wow. So it was sort of like a historical moment. Um, we all know that James Weldon Johnson wrote the poem that became the Black National Anthem. And there's actually three verses. We just do <laughs> the first. Yeah. But yeah, that was an interesting tidbit um, that I saw around. So. All right. Um, well, since we're on the topic of the
1: Super Bowl, um, mine is based on that as well, uh, but Doug Williams was the first African-American quarterback to win the Super Bowl, and he did so with uh, the, Red, the Redskins, which are now the Washington Commanders, um, back in 1988.
0: So That's wild, that was 1988 before a black quarterback won the Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, that's insane. And now I mean, you think about how many
0: quarterbacks in the league are black, you know? Mm-hmm. And how this yeah. Super Bowl saw our first two black quarterbacks right, right. for the first time. But more on the Super Bowl later. Uh, we'll go ahead and get into our headlines. So, first up, the big news last week was a shocker to most um, Warner Bros. Discovery announced that they will not be merging HBO Max and Discovery Plus into one streaming platform after all. um, After CEO David Zoslav took control of the two merged companies, there were budget cuts and canceled shows and uh, restructuring of departments and whatnot, all to sort of lean off $3 billion in the company and then to prepare the merger of these two platforms. Well, it turns out, those subscribers, Discovery Plus, who are only paying $5 a month, did not want to jump to pay $15 a month for that content, which makes sense. So, um, HBO Max will become just Max, and Discovery Plus will continue being separate. Okay. So, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff happened for that to happen in outside. Yeah. Health. Uh, and then next there was an interview done by Penn Badgley where he um, detailed how he did not want to do any intimate scenes in this final season of Netflix's You. Um, I think his reasoning was sort of like in respect of his wife um, and some other things, he just didn't feel that it was necessary. And this yeah. got like pushed back online for some reason.
1: Yeah. Um... A lot of the pushback, I think, at least from what I read, was just, there seems to be this kind of unending wave of, uh, I know, people, what people see as puritism towards art, like, you know, kicking sex out of of movies and um, television shows and whatnot. And um, I don't know, I, I can respect this, though. Like, if you're, you know maybe there's something, his his wife just doesn't feel comfortable seeing him that way, and so he doesn't want to do it, or it's just awkward for him, so but, I mean, Twitter's going to be Twitter, so
0: Yeah, I I just felt that the pushback and sort of vitriol over this wouldn't happen if it was a woman who said this y- Yeah, yeah Like, for some reason, they saw this as being some sort of, like, lesser option or something, It's like, he's perfectly just to decide this, um yeah. And, you know, sex isn't necessary in every story. So I don't see what. Yeah, I don't know. Why there was an issue. And then lastly, this just popped up in my group chat. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently NBC wants the ownership back to NBA games to air on the network after not having ownership over 20 years. Um, Back in the 90s, NBA on NBC was sort of like, the trademark and then i guess they sold the rights to abc um and i guess tnt um but now they want a bit of that of that pie again um i'm thinking because live sports is definitely a cash cow in the world of streaming like that's one of the attractions you can sort of hang in front of audiences to make them sup- subscribe to your platform and they want peacock to continue to be prosperous. So I can see them definitely wanting to sort of reap some of those profits. So that's very interesting. Oh. And of course, there were sort of speculations that Disney with, might sell ESPN, but Bob Iger already said that's not happening. Um, so yeah, it's there's a lot going on in the TV landscape business-wise that that could change a lot. Yeah.
1: And another thing to add on to that is that um kind of the same realm as those stories is that uh just came out today or yesterday that for people that have Comcast, and they'll never have they'll no longer have free access to Peacock. They'll have to start paying for Peacock. Exactly. Um, in June of this year, which is um I don't there's a, there's some stuff on Peacock, but they also have live sports. So like if your team's not playing on television
0: it's most likely on Peacock. So now having to pay for that, it's like, you gotta be careful come on. Right, right. They're gonna make you pay the like basic $5 or the $10 for the ad free version. Um, and then in addition, I think this all be- all came up after <laughs> Disney's investors meeting because Bob Iger also yeah. said he wouldn't be, uh, he'd be interested in selling Hulu, Hulu stake to Comcast. So yeah. being a contention on whether who's gonna own all of Hulu. So a lot of things are just happening. Layoffs, <laughs> purchases, sales. Uh, I think everyone's just preparing for economic decline, basically. Right, right. Um speaking of decline, the box office this weekend topping with eight million was Magic Mike's Last Dance. Wow. I I honestly
1: the marketing for that just did not hit like the past few versions of that movie. So I, I didn't it. Yeah, I didn't know until I think um I forgot what I was doing and same somehow came across something about Channing Tatum and I was like, oh, there's a third one. So
0: Yeah, I never saw any actual trailers. I remember seeing stories about like behind the scenes of the movie. Like I guess apparently he almost killed Sama Hayek in some scene. I don't know.
1: Right, right. And and from what I've read in the reviews and whatnot, since that's like my crack, I wake up and read movie reviews, um, <laughs> is that it completely differs from the first two. Um, there's not so much of what drew people to the first two. So uh, it, it's just a different story. He's trying to make this business and keep this business alive. And so, yeah, it's, it's a completely different vibe from what I heard
0: Yeah. Apparently, it's good though. Like, yeah, they're saying it's good. So, but I definitely thought it was like on streaming, Like, I had no idea what his mm-hmm. day or anything. So, yeah, over in the obits, um, two sort of musical icons passed away. First, uh, the iconic singer songwriter Burt Bacharach passed. Um, yeah, so- he is a, a Grammy winning, Oscar winning. A uh, producer, songwriter for acts like Dionne Warwick and the Rat Pack, like his right. his pen is very long. Um, right, right, he was sort of made was a sort of uh, orchestrator of like modern pop music. So yeah, um,
1: oh, yeah, he's he's everywhere. Now.
0: A long life too. He's ninety four. Yes, yeah, a very long life. Um, so I'm sure we'll be getting a documentary or something oh, like um yeah. pretty soon and and then, just, oh go ahead oh go ahead go ahead no you can go ahead we'll come back to that <laughs> oh i was gonna say, gonna say tragically um we lost um co-founding member of De La so um uh, mm-hmm. is it true going
1: i i don't know either i just know they call him like dave or whatever so
0: yeah i think okay. his government name was like um dave something
1: yeah
0: but yeah he was only 54 Yeah. Wish call is
1: tough, man. The rap industry, they do not live on.
0: Yeah. David uh, Jolicoeur was his uh, given name. But yeah, yeah, this was just news over the weekend. Like the amount, you're right, the amount of um, Black men in the entertainment industry just dying before they even hit 60 years old is very, very sad. Yeah. And then, you know, on the opposite end, you've got
1: um, young men and the, the dying of overdose or drug problems and it's like damn you know or, or violence and yeah yeah it's it's very something true. that needs to be addressed in hip-hop but what i was going to say is that um Bert baccarat is from like kind of a class of it, it's interesting and obviously everybody passes away but you know, a lot of the great American composers are at that age where, you know, you have people like Steve Reich and uh, Philip Glass and people of that kind of notoriety. And it's kind of like, who's next? You know what I mean? Like, it's
0: interesting. Yeah, exactly. We don't, really, in popular music, we don't really have sort of like, back in, maybe a baby face, but he doesn't have the reach of like, a Quincy Exactly. Jones, you know, like. Exactly, yeah, yeah it's very when the music business is so different now like yeah no you're absolutely right that's very interesting we don't he, don't know who the next sort of like masters will be right
1: yeah. cuz Quincy Jones is up there too he he has to be 90 if not he's he's close to it so
0: yeah yeah so it, it's going to be interesting yeah that wraps up our headlines and we're going to get into our future presentation So this week we'll be talking all things uh, Super Bowl. Uh, we had Super Bowl was it fifty four? I believe so.
1: I think that's what I remember them hearing.
0: I believe that's right. I,
1: I remember hearing. Yes,
0: yeah, Super Bowl. Wait, no. A L, a V, and two I's. Fifty seven. Okay. Super Bowl fifty seven in um Arizona. Uh, we have the Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 38 to 35 in sort of like a anticlimactic fashion. Um it was a good game until it wasn't. <laughs> but what what did you yeah. think of the game overall?
1: I yeah, I'm kind of right there with you. The first half was well, we only got the first half. The first quarter, I was like, Oh yeah, this is gonna be a shootout. Like this is what people Thought it was going to be in it, and it lived up to it. And um, each team made their mistakes. Jalen Hurts had that fumble, and was that the first quarter or second? Is is the first half? I know that much. Mm-hmm. And um, that kind of switched things around. But um, no, it, it was a good game. It was. A, I thought it was a good game of, until yeah, it wasn't. Yeah,
0: yeah. We we def- they were definitely neck and neck. Both teams are sort of like offensive powerhouses. They both sort of aren't as strong defensively. So it was just back and forth like a volley eventually. Yeah, yeah, in those last few minutes after tying it up, um, we get a a penalty against the Eagles, which set the Chiefs on like first down in uh, end zone territory. And they're able to um, get to the one yard line and score a field goal to win with literally within the last second, so kind of disappointing for Philly fans. I know a lot of people are rooting for Jalen Hurts. Um, a lot of people do not like the coach, though, which I was not aware of because I wasn't really paying attention to him, but people, for some reason, dislike him, um, but um, you did, like we said earlier, it was the first Super Bowl with, where two Black quarterbacks were going head-to-head. Um, Jalen Hurts is only 24 years old, so I definitely think he can come back. And then um, Patrick Mahomes is 27 years old, but he's already a two-time Super Bowl winner, two-time Super Bowl MVP, two-time league MVP. Um, The stats are just already stacking up for him. So congratulations to them both. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it it was just great that it's between two cities that are absolutely rabid about football. Philadelphia is an insane city in any sport, and uh, I'm not sure there's a bigger... fan based in the Kansas City Chiefs and you think about how many years they were just kind of like the Yeah. I don't even know the right words, just kind of the team that got kicked around in the NFL. Now they're one of the premier teams. So yeah, it's 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 good to see.
0: Yes. Excellent. Excellent. All right, the other major portion of the Super Bowl is always the commercials. Um now you're able to view a lot of them days before the game, which yeah since um, I tried my best to avoid that and not watch them on YouTube or whatever. But, you know, there's hints of what's to come and whatnot. Overall, they were all right. I think a few stood out, but nothing very memorable or iconic. Yeah. I'm in the
1: same way. I just, I didn't watch any beforehand, but yeah, these these lacked something. And even the, the, the ones they baked. They, they talked big about it and um, we're going to be controversial weren't that, that I swear I'd seen the Jesus
0: commercials before. Yes. Yeah. Now, though, <laughs> I remember that dropping during the Golden Globes and I was like, yeah oh, what show is weird? There? And then it was like, <laughs> Jesus. Um, it's right. very interesting because the organization promoting or funding those commercials is called like He Gets Us are yeah but the organization back in is like uh religious defiance alliance or yeah something like something that, that yeah. nature but they also heavily fund anti-lgbtq and anti-abortion initiatives. Right. so people are like fuck this this is not what jesus wanted right yeah They're probably lobby tied up into it somehow too so yeah it's pretty empty yeah but um
1: yeah I think the only commercial that really made me laugh and I could say was probably the M&M's one. And I was kind of curious as what that was going to be about the whole debacle and uh, Maya Rudolph's always funny, so I enjoyed that one.
0: I enjoyed that one. And there was some other one I yelled out loud to but I don't remember what it was. I saw it after the fact. I thought the Super Mario one was pretty funny. like The, yeah, yeah, the movie. There was something else I yelled out loud but I don't remember what it was. Like like, in the moment, was funny, but I don't recollect. I would have to read an article or something to remember them. All right. But um,
1: I'm trying to think of any other ones that stick out. The, the beginning, I can't... The one where they did the Johnny Cash song, was that a commercial, or was that part of the program? I don't remember. Yeah, it's like at the very beginning, and they played the whole Johnny Cash's... Uh, I think it's Ragged Old Flag, and they had this I don't know, it was strange, it was super patriotic and I was like, okay.
0: Yeah, it might <laughs> have been commercial. I did appreciate though, the the bigger presence of Tubi, like their ads. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, um, Tubi, if you didn't know, is a free ad supported television, AKA fast, where right. you get free, uh, basically free TV, they have shows and stuff like that, movies, whatnot. So they're definitely coming for their money. Right. Yeah. In um, yeah. addition to the commercials, you also have all the TV spots for the upcoming TV shows, movies mm-hmm. of the year. Um, there was, of course, a Flash trailer, which got everyone hype. Um, the uh, Fast X, <laughs> the first yeah. of the end of Fast and Furious saga. Uh, with Jason Momoa as the villain, um, you had the a Transformer spot, the Indiana Jones movie spot, just just a lot. Nothing I was particularly that gung ho for. Right, right. I think the only TV show promos may have been the Mandalorian, um, and all the Fox Nation stuff. Yeah. Uh, I
1: think that was to be expected. I feel like they put a lot of money in this. And now that I think about it, that Johnny Cash thing was a Fox ad. That was their, I guess, whole way of trying to unify,
0: I don't know. Yeah, that one commentator is getting like a late night show. I was like, absolutely not. Right, right. No, thank you. And I think they pushed, well, they pushed Fox Nation in general, all the content they have, like the Roseanne, right. stand-up special, something about... American Jobs with Kelsey Grammer and I was just like, I'm making making live all the white people I see and make sure I'm not supporting anything else y'all doing because <laughs> no. um, But yeah, the commercials have just become sort of like a lesser event. They were much of the pull in the beginning of games past, but they're just not as clever. I think they go too celebrity heavy now um before it just like genuine commercials but now it's all like how many celebrities can you spot in this ad that in the third so yeah and then we also have the halftime show sponsored by apple music featuring rihanna um what did you think of her 13 minute set i
1: thought it was decent i'm a big rihanna fan so i liked it um Thought the whole risers things were funny, well not funny. I mean, interesting. The little people coming out in the white suits is funny because you had to know Twitter was going to run with that. But um, no, I thought it was decent. I saw a lot of people saying, you know, getting on her choreography and whatnot. It's like, okay, like whatever. Rihanna has told us multiple times she has no interest in really performing anymore, so just
0: look this and And she's never been a dancing girl, so I don't like that. Yeah, she's not going to come out and give you eight counts. She's never come yeah. out with live vocals she did exactly what she's always she does
1: yeah
0: um she gives you attitude ambiance the dancers really came through um right. and she's like six months pregnant so
1: and it was yeah that and it was nice to just see her we don't really see Rihanna like that's not
0: <laughs> right right but I I did enjoy hearing the songs like hit after hit after hit um. I really happy that she did pour it up because one of my favorites. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know if I'm getting into some of those more, I don't know, not deep cuts, but like raunchy for the Super Bowl. Um yeah, yeah she did she did well. Um, and I'm sure her streams went up the next day today. Oh, um sure. connected with Apple Music and whatnot. So yeah. Congrats to her and ASAP Rocky and what else, whatnot. Yeah, that was the Super Bowl. Um, I'm guessing, I I don't know exactly who would be challenging the Chiefs for next year. I know Cincinnati's met them twice already in the uh, championship game, but have always sort of faltered. Uh, Mahomes is just in a different league. Yeah, yeah, he's, to do what he did on a bum ankle is... uh...
1: Is nuts, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, it, it could be a repeat, you know. I'm, if Philadelphia stays healthy, they don't train
0: anybody, they clearly got the squad. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, mean, I think the biggest news out of yesterday was that their offensive coordinator is supposed to be the Annapolis Colts head coach for next season. Um, much, uh, good luck to him. Yeah, we'll see how that goes because I have no idea who's on the team. <laughs> Is Matt Ryan still there? Uh for now, but I think
1: their thing is to draft kind of a a decade quarterback, you know, the quarterback they have for the next for a long time, but we'll see
0: how that goes. You never know what the calls. Exactly. And we will be back, I guess, next February for the 2024 super. Yeah. All right, we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back. We'll get into the streams of the week. And we are back again with our dollar bin theater where we uh, pick a film where we've seen or or not have seen that you might have found in the bin at Walmart for about five bucks. Uh, You can go ahead and go first this time. Okay. Uh,
1: My film I picked that has to do with romance and everything since it is February is Ever After. And this one stars um, Drew Barrymore, Delica Houston's in it, um, and I can't remember the guy's name. I think it's like Dugri Scott. I it's something like that. But this takes place kind of in sixteenth uh, century France and it's based on Cinderella in a way, like the brother Graham's version and all of that. Um and so she she played it is I don't know how to explain it other than it's the Cinderella story, but it's more um fantastical and uh what happens is so she her her dad passes away he has a heart attack and then gibberemore's character is turned into she has to go into like servitude and become like a maid and whatnot for angelica houston's character and then she meets um a prince who's a degree scott guy and um it used to just come on tv all the time and i would watch it and now it's on hulu but uh Yeah, it's a really good movie. It's 1998 is when it was
0: made. Yeah, all I remember about that film specifically is just that one scene where she's like, she says something like, just breathe or something like that. Yeah, something like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That was always in the promo shot. The camera kind of like swings back. All right. All right. right. And I um, watched Poetic Justice, another sort of hood romance, if you will, Uh, This is a 1993 film from John Singleton, starring Janet Jackson and the late Tupac Shakur. Um, It's sort of heavily influenced by the poetry of Maya Angelou, who has a cameo in the film. but was about Jackson's character, Justice, who's a young woman in love, and her boyfriend is murdered in front of her. And a year later, she sort of has sort of giving up on love and sort of any of those prospects and just kind of focuses on herself. She's, you could say she's somewhat depressed and sort of still grieving her loss. Um, but she stumbles upon a chance. Well, she, she's going to a hair show. She's a hairdresser. And her friend, uh, played by Regina King, invites her to catch a ride with a postal worker and her boyfriend. The postal worker is Tupac Shakur and the boyfriend's played by Joe story I believe yeah, and it's just sort of like how these sort of opposites end up falling in love on this ride to Oakland from South Central LA um, it's very 1990s hood movie um, some very specific tropes in it of the Black community, drug use uh, police brutality um, there's even like a hint of the HIV AIDS crisis in one character, but it's literally like two minutes. <laughs> um, but it, it's sort of like a classic and it just explores sort of both Justice character and Justice and Lucky, box character, are both sort of like shielding themselves from being vulnerable. Um, and they sort of just have like this sort of sweeping off chance romance of healing and whatnot. So it's, it's sort of a, a standout film in sort of the 90s Black film genre, so.
1: I'm not sure. I know I've seen some of
0: it. I'm not sure if I've ever finished it, so maybe that's one I'll go and check out. Yeah, it's it's not nothing of what I expected it to be, because when I first saw it, like, I definitely thought it would be more... It is rated R, I think, basically because of the language. Um, but expected more violence or more Ritter, but there's a lot of soft moments. Uh, it's actually a lot, a lot funny, too. I'm going to explore all sort of like issues of relationships from different perspectives, but it's mainly focused on uh, Jackson's character. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And well, again, this is our other weekly watches here. Um, first up at Netflix, they released the first official trailer for their film, Luther, The Fallen Son. This is the A movie that's sort of going to close the Luther saga, which was a series, um, first on BBC and on Netflix, starring Idris Elba as DCI John Luther. Mm. In the film, he's no longer an officer and he is in jail for some reason. And he manages to escape to bring down a serial killer played by Andy Serkis. So that's set to debut in March. And then I watched All Quiet on the Western Front. I thought it was a great movie, and I'm not really that big on war movies. Um, I agree with with what you said. It really depicts sort of the horrors of war and sort of the unfortunate cycle that a lot of men, especially in that age and now, men and women now, who see the opportunity as sort of like a rite of passage or... To prove some sort of manhood or to rightfully serve your country or somewhat fun. I don't know. But it shows how that cycle, you know, you get there and it's not what you expect. It's, it's literally just death waiting for you. Um, right. And you're on the ground while those orchestrating all this violence are off in distant palaces or offices making all these decisions, yeah. being completely unaffected. Um, but I love the performance by the lead. Um, and the score was magnificent. Just that Incredible. single, like, I don't know what to describe, like not riff, but that single like rock chord that would.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, would... One thing, one thing that got me about the music, the score, whether was, it, it came up randomly. It, it came like when you weren't expecting it, you just hear that noise that you just described. Um, then, uh, one thing that really got me about this movie that I didn't get from other war movies, like, uh, I can compare it to, like, Say Private Prime and Ryan, is that the characters, they look like like boys. Mm-hmm. They look, you know, which they would have been. You know, they would have been very young at that time. And that's one thing that kind of is like, man, you know, they had so much life ahead of them. But, yeah, it's an incredible movie.
0: Yeah. And it, it paints just how a lot of war films before and now sort of sort of show a trajectory of heroism and patriotism and like Duty and this was just not that it was sort of like the inverse like they were definitely chasing that euphoric feeling of being of duty and whatnot and that's just not what war is war is violence and death and destruction and it affects those less fortunate mostly yeah so yeah excellent movie it should definitely rack up a lot of at least technical oscars right. in march so yeah then over at hbo max let's talk about our movies and then get into our mutual um watch <laughs> excuse me okay
1: uh,
0: you can go ahead oh, okay Um, I just happened to watch the documentary Master of Light. I remember seeing the trailer, I think a few months ago, um, it centers on a man named George Anthony Shoot, I should have written his name down. But He was a Kansas City native um, who grew up uh, basically pruned, George Anthony Morton, basically pruned to be a a hustler, sell drugs, sell cocaine. His grandmother did it, his mother did it, and he did it. And at the age of 20, he's arrested and sent to jail for a decade. So he's just getting out, and on the opposite of this, he's also a classically, classically trained painter. So he can literally have you stand still, sketch you out, and paint your portrait freehand. Mm-hmm. So he basically used that that artistry as a way to sort of maneuver in prison. He got sent to uh, Lesser Maxim security facilities by offering to paint like murals and things in the in jail. And then once he got out, he um, was able to connect with certain museums. He went to Egypt. Like he's made this living for himself. He's returned. He lives in Atlanta now with his daughter and his girlfriend. Um, he returns to Kansas City because he's trying to, he's currently in therapy. He wants to rehab the relationship he has with his mother. Um, and as you watch, you find out why they have this sort of dysfunctional relationship um, between the two. And he also, he's going there just to sort of paint her despite, you know, their rough relationship. Yeah. It's really good. It's only like an hour and 48 minutes. Um, He was sort of a co-producer in it. Um, But it really examines, not only examines his plight and sort of his talent, but examines why this happens to Black people in metropolitan cities. Um, He kind of speaks on how everyone around him has been in jail at one point in time. Uh, his father yeah. or his friends, his sister, like just people he grew up grew up with. He said he remembered initially going to prison and seeing people that he hadn't seen in years and didn't realize that they they had been in jail all that time. Yeah. Wow. But it is it was really good.
1: Okay. Um, okay, so I watched All That Breathes. And this is an, just once again knocking more stuff off the Oscar list. We're getting closer. Uh, what are we a month away now? Just about, yeah. Yeah, so I should be able to get some more done, but this is about a, a a group two brothers who live in Delhi in India, and they save birds. These birds are called black kites, and so they called in front of themselves as the kite brothers, and um, uh, they have a horrible, horrible pollution and air quality situation in that part of the world where it's just smog. And you know. They live close to animals of all sorts and cows, dogs, horses, everything. But daily these small birds just drop out of the air. And so these brothers have made it their kind of goal and job and their basement of their family home to rehab these birds and try to um, you know get them back to get help. But it was a, uh, mm-hmm. um so it's this mix of kind of, you know, just this traditional Muslim family going about their time and also this kind of tied in to this environmental crisis that's happening. And it's it's really good. I I have to watch the other documentaries nominated, but this this will be hard to beat because it's really touching and
0: and informative at the same time. So yeah. Okay. I definitely heard a lot about it um this film season. It's definitely a, a front runner, I think. Yeah, I would say so. Okay. And that's, well, of course, HBO Max. So definitely try to check it out. They have so much content that I need to watch. So much. (laughs) All right. And then switching gears here uh, because of the Super Bowl, HBO released the fifth episode of The Last of Us early on Friday. So they wouldn't have to compete Mm -hmm. with the ratings. Um, And this episode was titled Endure and Survive. So Ellie and Joel in uh, episode four. Did we talk about episode four?
1: Yeah, I think we tied it in with episode three.
0: Okay. As we remember, episode four, Joel and Ellie are driving through Kansas City, ironically, and they're ambushed. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And uh, they've got to figure out a way to get out of the city, which has been overrun by the people. They've overthrown Fedra and are sort of letting loose. Um, But they find themselves, the episode ends with them being held at gunpoint by two um, Black boys. And we come to find out that those boys are Henry and Sam. Um, They live in Kansas City. Henry might be, what, 17, 18, something like that. Yeah, something around there, yeah. And Sam, we find out, is eight years old. Um, they were played by Lamar Johnson and Kevion Woodard, respectively. And Kevion is actually a deaf actor, deaf child actor. So they developed, they uh, learned some ASL and other sort of forms of communication for the brothers to communicate. Um, but we find out that Melanie Lindsay's character, who we met in episode four, is searching for Henry to kill him because he was a collaborator. Wow. And sort of uh, defeated the resistance movement by having her brother killed. Um, we find out that Henry had traded uh, info on her, Kathleen's brother for um, medicine to treat his little brother's leukemia a few years back. And uh, it's been 10 days of the collapse of the resistance people torturing and killing federal collaborators, all to search for Henry because Kathleen wants him dead. And they corner Joel and Ellie to have them sort of maneuver themselves out of the city through the tunnels, over a bridge by an embankment and out of Killer City. And of course, these best laid plans go awry. Um We get a insane scene where they've reached um, the sad embankments in a dark suburb and Kathleen and her goons are on their tail. We think it's in for Henry. He's about to sacrifice himself so he can save his brother. And after a truck crashes into a house, we see this truck sink into the ground um, because One characteristic about Kansas City is there aren't any infected. It turns out Fedra had driven the infected population under these tunnels for 15 years. Like, one, to do that to regular people is insane, but to do it to people that have like a disability, basically. Right. um, Yeah. It's even wilder. So. This truck is sinking to the ground. Everyone's sort of like in fight or flight mode. And it the ground erupts with a horde of clickers. And these people that were discarded and ignored um, by the government are out for revenge. Very similar to Kathleen's out for revenge. And it's, it very much feels like a scene out of a video game. Yeah,
1: it, it was nuts. Uh, it explained the whole breathing thing where we were confused that one episode. See, we didn't watch episode four because that's when we saw that. Right. We um, were talking about episode four, but um, yeah, I was like, uh,
0: well, when they came out, they were so quick. I said, like, oh, shit. They... <laughs> it was definitely a World War Z type of situation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, episode four, yeah. Um... We saw quit scene where the ground and this facility was literally moving up and down like mm-hmm. a heart, and Kathleen was like, "That's not a priority. We had to find Henry, bitch." No, right. the ground moving is a priority. Yeah, and it's even now, and then oh, even amidst all that chaos, she still was focused on killing this child. Um right. and she gets got. By the child clicker, um, Joel, Ellie, Henry, and Sam sort of find refuge at this hotel, and they're planning to go to Wisconsin together. Not Wisconsin, Wyoming together. Um, yeah. But of course, there's no happy endings in this show. Yeah. Um, Sam and Ellie are having. Oh, go ahead. I oh, know. I know you're about to get into it, so you, you're fine. Yes, Sam and Ellie are having sort of like a heart to heart moment with the comic, and then um since he's deaf, he sort of communicates with the etch a sketch and just writes the words down. Um, and through this conversation, he reveals that he has been bit, and desperately Ellie tries to sort of like save him by cutting her hand and putting her blood on the wound. Assuming that she's immune, she's thinking this could help, this could delay, whatever. Um, And unfortunately it doesn't. So by morning, Sam has transformed um, into an infected, and he attacks Ellie. And in the chaos, um, Joel and Henry are awakened. Uh, Henry grabs Joel's gun. He shoots at Joel to stay back, and then in the heat of the moment, he shoots and kills Sam, his brother, with one shot. And this was his official first kill of his life. And then, after realizing what he's done, he turns the gun on himself. Tears, it's no, nobody lasts long in this show, <laughs> not at all. Um, I didn't know exactly. I know exactly how their story played out from the game, but this is pretty accurate. Um, I think the only difference is in the game, Sam is a bit older, maybe around Ellie's age, and he's not deaf. That was all new to the show. And the cover of Kathleen is new as well because there isn't any... Background story given to sort of these rioters in the game. They're just sort of like, you know, they exist or after you, but there's not that much backstory. Right, right. To it. So, yes, um, this episode was definitely definitely excellent, but definitely heavy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's playing out to be, it's turning out to be a really, really good show. Like I said, I don't play video games, so I've never played this one, but. Um, it kind
0: of makes you want to hop into it yeah and it, it brought up a good question because of course twitter's going to twitter but a lot not a lot but there was a sort of like conversations i heard on their podcast and whatnot where people felt sort of a way that they were able to sort of change bill and frank's story for the series to be more of a grander more calmer ending but made the decision to yeah. keep sort of the drastic terrible ending where Henry and Sam. And I understand sort of like that, that need to sort of protect black characters when we see them in these type of stories. but it's it's the story. like it's the the it's, that's the environment we're in like yeah. of course, you want to see black characters be victorious and sort of live longer or less especially young black actors or characters. But like we can't ask for representation and then only want Black people to survive or be victors or whatnot, because it's not. Yeah, yeah. I really don't hear any of these conversations for all the snowfalls and BMF and power shows that we have on, <laughs> on TV. So, yes, it was sad to see that happen, but it's part of the story. And- yeah, the actors much props because they did a wonderful job.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I agree. So yeah, we're two episodes in. Um, episode six will come this Sunday, and it seems like they arrive at Wyoming and Joel reunites with Tommy in this instance. So that should be an interesting, um, interesting episode. I expect not much action, it'll be more of character developments we haven't seen tommy played by gabriel luna since episode one okay all right we'll move on to hulu let me know if this fleshman is in trouble because i haven't watched but everyone says it's really good yeah it's pretty decent i've gotten through the first two episodes
1: and this came out last year absolutely absolutely actually i think maybe in november but um it focuses on a guy named obi fleshman who's i can't remember what he does he's like a I think he works at a hospital. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, he uh he's going back into the dating field. He but this time he's he's 40 and he's divorced, so this is all very new to him. And he's played by Jesse Eisenberg. Um and uh so yeah, this is all happening in in my Manhattan, and it, that's pretty much it. He's just kind of tracking his life as he goes through trying to figure out how to date again um after having not dated in so long and uh claire danes plays his wife who's i think her name is rachel in this and you get her um her thoughts on it and everything but what's interesting is it's, it's 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 narrated and it's narrated by lizzie kaplan who is one of um toby's best friends so yeah it's pretty good and like i said um i've only gotten through the first two but uh it's, it's decent Jesse Eisenberg is an interesting actor because he's kind of—I uh, don't really know how to say it—almost neurotic. He almost—I hate to mention him, but he almost makes me remember like Woody Allen in a way. Mm. But um, but yeah, but no, it's decent, and I'll—I'll I'll definitely finish it. I think it's maybe
0: eight episodes or so, so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that coming out late last year, and just did not get a chance. To get to yeah. all right for me. I started Stolen Youth, um, the docuseries about uh Larry Ray, um, and the cult he formed, um, of friends and roommates of his uh da- daughter who are all college students at Sarah Lawrence College. Um, this was back no. in, um. 2009, I believe they were freshmen. Yeah. Um, and basically, they all lived in the same house, dorm, dormitory. Um, and his daughter, uh, what's her name? Talia says, Oh, my father's getting out of prison and he's going to be living with me. And basically he told them that he was like wrongfully convicted, um, because he had worked for like the Bush administration and other sort of governmental stuff. Um, and he befriends them. He begins sort of like advising them They kind of see him as like a father figure, friend, sort of therapist, but s- gradually, but consecutive, consecutively, he sort of like. Starts to pull certain friends away from the friend group and forms sort of like this collective. Um and he was sent to 60 years just this year, yeah, for sexual assaults and other charges. Um, because basically he manipulated these people into this cult to where they eventually were giving him money, like. Thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, it's a very sad, harrowing story. Yeah, I remember when it first broke. I can't remember who wrote the story.
1: I don't think, I think it was New York Times. I don't know. It was. A, it was a long read, but it was. It was interesting, and it kind of just like, whoa! Like, how is this happening?
0: Yeah, and the filmmakers were able to talk to most of the victims that were willing to speak. Um, and they got, um, a lot of footage, recorded footage from Ray himself, um, but they chose not to show, they interviewed him as well, but they showed, chose to keep that out of the docuseries, which I agree with. He doesn't need any more sort of like spot. But I just managed to get it through the first episode. It's about an hour long, but it's very, it's very sad and just how, you don't realize how impressionable you are as a young college student. (laughs) In that time of sort of like self-discovery, you have this sort of person open up your mind to telling you how you can be your true self and stuff, but then also just manipulating your mind. Like he targeted his daughter's best friend and kept telling, like they were sleeping in the same room and he would just say, oh, she needs help, she needs therapy and he's just sleeping with her. And then turns that into threesomes with other... It, it's just very sick. Yeah. But that's on Hulu. <laughs> um, And then I finished uh, Killing County, a three-part docuseries in conjunction with ABC News and Colin Kaepernick's production company that focused on Kern County in California, where Bakersfield, those inhabitants... Um, at one point, Bakersfield had the most citizens killed by police in America per capita. Yeah. And it it explored uh, several family similar stories of them being murdered by the Bakersfield police and the lack of transparency and accountability by those officers. It was a very interesting uh, docuseries. Um it, like through this tragedy, these members form a coalition to sort of get justice for their family members and also change the system. So it's it's a good watch, very informative and very short. I appreciate how short it was. Um, jumping down to Prime, um, I started the second season of Harlem, which is like the comedy from Tracy Oliver Um, stars Megan Good. Um Grace Byers and two other women, four a black female friend living in New York, working, loving, all that jazz. Yeah. Um last year they had dropped the whole series to binge. So like you could easily watch it. Just if you're doing, it, yeah. doing a weekly thing, and it's a bit harder to s- pay attention. Um, you kind of yeah. see how not great it is. <laughs> <laughs> By week, like if you're binging it, you're like, oh, this is an easy watch. Let me just keep watching. But week to week, it's not captivating. So I think Mm -hmm. I'm going to wait till more episodes come out. I remember when that first came out, there's a lot of
1: pushback. Not pushback, but I don't think people liked it that much.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was Giving Living single, and Stars already had that other show, which was very similar. So people were sort of like, we already got this, blah, 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 blah. But right, right. It, it was funny, um, but you can definitely see the holes in like the weekly releases. Right. And then we got the trailer for a new uh, limited series coming to Amazon Prime from Donald Glover and Janine Neighbors called Swarm. There's Dominic Dominique Fishback as a girl named Dre who has a obsessive dangerously obsessive uh, fixation for a pop star and the log line is basically I think it's music murder sex or music sex murder um, her obsession literally goes fatal um, definitely give you like misery meets Beyonce vibes because <laughs> calling it Swarm you can't not help but relate it to the beehive and those right, right. you know, fervent followers of Beyonce. So, uh, this drops March 17th. Definitely interested in that. I really enjoy Dominic as an actress, and it looks good. Yeah. And then dropping down to other TV, um, a big trailer was Air, this movie directed by Ben Affleck that tells the story of how Nike courted Michael Jordan to sort of their company to. Become what Nike is now. Yeah. Um, stars Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, and Viola Davis is playing Michael Jordan's mother. So, oh, that's a strong cast. Yeah. And Ben has a very, I mean, good record. So I'll definitely be interested. It's definitely a different story to sort of examine. Oh, and what did you watch?
1: I watched, um, um. Oh God, be my guest with Ina Garten. Uh, Ina Garten is a chef, and usually she is on. Oh God, which one is she usually? On? I don't know, but she has a few shows. Uh, she has a, her main show is the Barefoot Contessa, um, and she has a, a lot of like award-winning cookbooks kind of under that name. But anyways, this show is a little bit more uh, laid back, so she has guests come over, and she cooks like a meal with them, and maybe they'll go and do something, but it's just all based around um, kind of conversation. And it, it's not anything that we haven't seen before, but I just like, like, you garden, she has such an interesting, uh, uh, what's what I'm looking for, just background. Um, she does the cooking thing now, but she used to work for the government, like in a really high capacity. Like, I can't remember oh. what she did, but she was like, and In Washington, DC, it's nuts. But when you when you see her show and you see how she talks and just how she is, she's so just carefree, and that's great. But uh, but yeah, that was on Discovery Plus, and I usually do not watch anything on Discovery Plus. So um
0: yeah, I I checked that out this weekend. Okay. Anything you're streaming for the weekend? Uh honestly,
1: I may just get back into these Oscar movies. I think I have to watch the Banshees of Inishiron. Elvis and um, what's that with Tom Cruise? Why well, can't I think of the name of that movie? Top, Top Gun, yeah, yeah, so yeah, after that, you know, I'm good,
0: yeah. I think I want to dive into the Oscar things. I've only seen two, so I need to step it up. Um, yeah. I do have my ticket for Ant Man and the Wasp Quantum Man for Friday? Um, Basically, I think every everyone black's going for Jonathan Majors. So. Right, right, yeah, that's nuts. He, you know, a lot of people talk about them not being
1: superstars anymore, but he he is one man in a, in a Hollywood blockbuster sense because mm-hmm. what's Creed come out and like? That, I saw that that commercial was in the right, yeah. was in the was
0: that's next month, isn't it? March third. Yeah. So. Yeah, he yeah. has this this month, that March 3rd, and then whenever Magazine Dreams comes out. Yeah. So, yeah, he's booked and busy. And he's a good actor. Like, he's not just like some random person, but he's actually a great actor. He's being able to be very versatile. Right. Uh, As always, we thank you for listening to another episode of It's a Stream for Life podcast with me, Lauren, and Brandon. Please like, review, and share the show on your platform of choice if you like what you hear. And if you don't, let us know at Stream for Life pod on IG or Stream for Life on Twitter. That's S-T-R-M, the number four, life. Uh, Yeah, next week, we're going to just try to uh, digest more of these Oscar films to prepare for the Oscars on March 12th. and. We'll see what happens. Until then, keep on streaming. Peace.